local bar podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, You've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, all the places you get your good and your bad podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Local Bar Media. You want to connect with us, send us messages over there. And if you're a fellow podcaster, part of the Libsyn Network, you can find us, friend us, follow us over there. Love collaborating with a lot of you. Glad to be back. A few weeks off. have some big announcements. Buckle in. Not only that, I've got I've got some I've got a big announcement to make that I could not be more happy about, and uh, I've got an incredible show, a great interview with the Tehan Street Corner Thieves. A couple of actually a couple of the guys on the show, fantastic, wonderful group. They've got some shows coming up. If you're out in the Colorado area, you're certainly going to want to check them out. Um, but uh, Tehan Street Corner Thieves coming up here, in just a few minutes. The top of the show here, I want to point uh, point you in a couple of directions. This Friday, the 17th, if you're in the Greenville, South Carolina area, our boy, the guy that does all the music for the show, Don Merkel, will be up at the Inchoate Art Gallery. I know I had to, I, I, I had no idea how to pronounce that. It's spelled I-N-C-H-O-A-T-E. That's a new one for me. But the Inchoate Art Gallery on the 17th, they've got the singer-songwriter spotlight going on. And our boy is going to be one of the folks there. So go up there, buy him a drink, listen to some of the music. He's got some of his new stuff he's going to be doing, or so he promises me. But if you are in anywhere in the Greenville area, please go check Don out. Uh, we love all that he does to the show. We really appreciate his music and uh, anything that you could do to support him is greatly appreciated too. Uh, and if you've never seen them live, go do it. It's 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 great. It's great stuff. If you're in the Columbia, South Carolina area on the 17th, friend of the show, Allie Johns, who runs Co-Laughs. It's the uh it's the Columbia Laughs group down here that she's got over on Instagram. There she's constantly uh, putting some shows together. Uh, she's had she has some really good ones lately. We had her on the show and I went to that performance, I believe I talked about it on the episode afterwards. It was great. Great. She she wrangles up some of the best local comedians, but they got a couple of folks. I think someone from Atlanta's coming. I think somebody from New York City's coming, and then a lot of the local folks as well. As well. It's in the Noma Warehouse. Noma Warehouse. We're still doing that. We still call things like Noma, Noda up in Charlotte. All right, it's the like the, the it's the it's the warehouse on North Main. It's where they do this really cool flea market. So it's going to be late. Grab a babysitter. Uh, the I think the flea market gets over at nine. This show is going to start late, somewhere around ten o'clock. So if you can make sure you're going to be there. Um, great comics are going to be there at this. Uh, Topher Riddle, who's uh, who's a, another incredible comic here in town. He was on the show. Talking about some of the things that he does, he's going to be emceeing this. So you got to get you got to get over there. There are still tickets. You can check it out on the Eventbrite. If you go to Eventbrite.com and look up Colafs, it's C O L A U G H S. 
um, Friday, February 17th at the Noma Warehouse, 10 p.m. Or you can probably go over to the Colas um, Instagram page and, and find the links there. It's a it's a great place to keep up with them. And if you haven't liked their page, please do so. It's a great way to support them and catch up with all the uh, all the cool music. And, and shout out to... Allie and her wife too. They are, they're going to have a couple of kids here sometime soon. They just announced that I think the other day. So, congratulations to them. That's going to be it's going to be an awesome thing for them. My big announcement. Oh, I could not be happier. Today, the day of recording this show is February fifteenth, but on February fourteenth, the day of Valentine's Day, the day of love. The day that Aerosmith got back together back in the 1970s, I believe. I'm sure there have been a lot of great, incredible things happening on February on February 14th, but they all pale in comparison to what happened last night. My wife came in. I don't know if it was because we'd had a couple glasses of wine, but she sat down in the studio and said, why don't we go ahead and do the welding of family? So... Without further ado, sometime later on today, I am going to be putting back out there the newly launched Welding of Family. I could not be happier to have that back. We are going to be talking a little bit about a vacation that we recently took and uh, a little bit of a talk about when to take your family on vacations and when not to. Uh, Could not be happier. She's back doing that show with me. It was a huge hit a few years ago. Um, and we stopped doing it. I'm glad we're back doing it again. So check that out. It'll be all over our Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, by the way. I never say this, but Chad Alexander online. You can follow me there, and then you can. Uh, we'll have it up everywhere else. But if you get a chance, please give it a listen. Even if you're not married, even if you don't have kids, I promise you, it's a great show for you. It is. It is really a lot about uh, <laughs> how we get along. Uh, more than it is anything else, but uh, check it out. It's really, and it's a really, if, you, if you've if you heard us talk about the rock boat, and you've heard a couple of the shows that we've talked about the rock boat, uh, you, you need to jump in on that. It is, uh, we, we discuss a good bit of that, of what that looks like, and why we think, uh, why we think that's a pretty dang important uh, vacation that you can take. All right. I think that's all the announcements. Man, man, you, you take a few weeks off, get ready for the next quote unquote season. And sometimes, sometimes it just builds up. Uh, I um, I'm I'm reading a book. I'm reading the uh, a, a book. I've been reading a lot of biographies lately. The one I'm reading right now that I I, I could not enjoy more is called A Life in Parts. It is uh, by Brian Cranston. You'll know him as the the guy who. Uh, who was on uh, Malcolm in the Middle for a very long time, the dad from that, and then more than likely you probably know him as the infamous Walter White from the hit show that really just changed TV in a way we hadn't seen probably since MASH, Breaking Bad. Um, He has written a great memoir of his life. talks a lot about the hard work that he put in, uh, some events in his life that helped kind of shape him, he has certainly had an incredibly interesting life, um, and it's one that, as I, I as I read, I was surprised at how positive he's managed to stay in his life instead of becoming more jaded um, 
because a lot of people I see that go through a lot of things that he did, they kind of turned that way. It, it's a, it's a brilliant book, and it's absolutely uh, it's incredibly easy to read, uh, and, and it's captivating. You won't want to put it down when you when you start reading it. I uh, I was really probably grabbed by a very uh, certain role of his early on in his career. There was an incident that happened when he was the dentist. If you remember this, if you were a Seinfeld fan, you, you, you may remember Brian Cranston was the dentist that appeared in a handful of episodes on the Seinfeld show. Um, the Seinfeld show. Could I not sound older on Seinfeld back in the 90s? And um, there was an incident that happened before they started taping a show that really did a lot for Brian. And I found it to be uh, gripping as he told the story, but I couldn't get it out of my brain. I was running the next day and I kept thinking about it. It's just something about that, that story just hit me. And I want to share that with you today. But first, I got to bring you this interview. These guys were absolutely fantastic. They've got a great style of music. I think a lot of times, and I mentioned this in the interview, one of the things that happens uh, with, with us today is we really try to almost define everyone outside of their genre. Uh, that They're groundbreaking and they do something outside of whatever this particular brand of music is. When in reality, if you want my honest opinion, which apparently you do because you came to my show, I, don't, I think most people can just be within the groups they're in. Every now and then, though, I come across people that I just can't define. And whether they did that on purpose or just by accident, they are just that way. Tejan Street Corner Thieves are obviously that way. Uh, their music is a, a whole, just amazing, uh, it, it's amazingly good, and their, uh, their videos are absolutely hilarious. So check out this interview, and I will talk to you on the other side of the break. musicians we've had um come on the show uh, one of the things that you'll hear is a lot of people will try to kind of define their music in a way um because they're trying to sound unique i think uh the guys joining me today truly have and, and no disrespect to the people that have been on the show before but they truly have a very unique sound that it's really hard just to throw it into one category or even a subcategory of a genre and i'm, I'm absolutely stoked to have them on with me this week, Connor O'Neill, Sean DeMario from Tejan Street Corner Thieves. Guys, how are y'all? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. So, um, real quick, for, for, for the folks that may not know who you are, uh, you guys started, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was the two of y'all started in Colorado Springs, it's south of Denver, Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. And it was literally on a street corner the corner of tejan street in in colorado springs yeah we started as a busking band now uh, yeah yeah so take take me back to that time when you guys started if i if you know in reading up on y'all 
it, it seemed like, and I'm so happy that I had both so for, for the listeners. I thought I was only getting Connor today. So this is great that I've got both of y'all. It, it was both of y'all who had just recently lost your dad. Right. And you kind of just spent time uh, playing music, hanging out together. And it was kind of like a, a way for you two just to kind of uh, just deal with grief, but also kind of form your friendship, right? Like y'all didn't know each other before that, correct? Correct. Um, so at the time I was playing music with a, a mutual friend of Connor and I, um, I had lost my dad a year, a year prior to that. And then while I was playing music with our mutual friend, Connor came to town um, because he had lost his dad. And through drinking and music, that's how we <laughs> met each other. You know, and all my years of, uh, of I've worked in hospice for about twelve years in my real job when I'm not saving the world one podcast at a time. And um, alcohol usually has a big part of the grief process. We don't we don't we don't like to admit that, but it actually is part of it. Um, so you guys, it, it just started just the two of you. Is that and y'all hit the open mics and just kind of uh, do the whole busking thing? That was. That was your your deal for a while, right? How long did you guys do that? We, I mean, we bust for years, and we kind of we always had kind of a rotating cast because we we are we we're already I was already pretty connected with like a lot of busking musicians. I, you know, I had friends in New Orleans, and and I busked with a, a band called Yes Ma'am for a while in Denver, and then we just kind of carried it over once me and Sean met and we, we were probably a busking band for at least, you know, two years or so before we hmm. even got on a stage. And then we kind of, we, we kept busking even once we started playing shows too. And it actually helped us to promote our shows and, and, uh, keep, keep growing our fan base. There's, there's a, a, a come across musicians a lot of times that, I mean, you know, there's never one way to form a band. And uh, it seems like a lot of what I run into are your classic, you know, hey, we're a garage band and we get a spot open in for somebody at just a local club or some folks that have worked together, uh, kind of like what y'all said, you know, every band, everybody plays in everybody else's band and they just kind of formed it that way. I've talked with a couple of musicians before, but probably no one that's got the experience playing on the street corners, doing the busking thing for as long as you did. When you look at your music and the the very um, like I, like the very realistic, earthy, I mean your musicianship, you, you, the musicality of your 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 songs are fantastic. I mean the lyrics and the and the vocals. I mean I'm not putting any of that down. I think it's great. But you guys are a very tight band. Uh, what did you learn from busking for that long? Uh, that you probably wouldn't had if y'all if y'all had started the band a, another way. I I think you learn pretty much all of it busking because you you don't have a built-in crowd. People aren't obligated to come see you. People aren't buying tickets. It's literally you have to catch the attention of passersby, and then you have to keep their attention with you know with no amps, no effects, none of that. So your your showmanship has to be good in order to get people to stay and especially get people to stay and like you enough to actually tip you or buy a CD. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you know, figure out how to project your voice, sing loudly and clearly, play your instrument pretty precisely. Like I think the best we 
to this day, we've probably had two practices ever as a band. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but the the tightness and the everything that comes with that is from years of I mean, years of busking together and and you know mastering that craft of holding an audience and being engaging and and really just creating a fun enough atmosphere for people to people from all walks of life, you know, to, to stop and watch you and listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your music for a second. Uh, you know, it, it's very easy. You know, I, I, le- I actually learned about you guys a couple of years ago. I would get, uh, I, I got an email, the, it was like the Americana music association something that, and they were always kind of like pointing you towards new people. I think it was like, I think it was 2021, 2022. It may have been when you, you started your last tour and it popped up. I think a couple of times and I saw your name. I thought it was a unique name. So I was like, Hey, I wonder what the deal is with these guys. Um, your music's very, uh, it's hard to say it's Americana. I mean, it's easy to say that it is, but you've got an edge to your music that really differentiates yourself from, from the other music that's kind of, uh, categorized that way. Is that something that y'all sought to be different, you know, or is it something that was just seemed to naturally be there in your styles? I think that I think it was more of a natural thing that came. Um, I I mean I've always been really in the blues. Connor's always been really in the blues, but we've always we, we're also like, I mean we're punks, so I feel like that's like <laughs> yeah, that's like where we get a lot of our like our different like gritty, you know, dirty sounds from. Yeah, yeah, and also coming up in like that like busking punk diy kind of scene you get to you know there's i've also been running sound off and on at diy venues and punk bars and booking bands and kind of doing all sides so i get to expose to i mean like probably honestly like metal is probably like my favorite genre when i'm just sitting there and listening and a lot of my friends are in punk bands and so we we take our influence from everything from you know tripping LSD at fucking house shows in high school to like today, you know, just being like, you know, I'm a dad now, but the, the punk roots never. Yeah. Punk is bad, you know? That's right. That's You know, it was, it was it's easy to tell that there's some metal, metal background between, and I knew it was going to be at least one of you that had that, but it doesn't seem shoehorned into the music. I mean, it, it obviously, uh, it comes from the, the roots of what you guys do. And, and, and I really, I really dig that. I think the sound is is incredibly different. I'm curious when you guys are putting bands together, putting together tours. You, you guys were on a tour last year. I know you've got the thing coming up in March in Estes Park. We'll talk about that here in a second. Did I say that right? How do you say it in Colorado? Is it Estes Park, Estes Park? How do you pronounce that? Estes. Estes. Okay. Um, I know y'all got that coming up. Uh, when, whenever you're putting together a tour, though, uh, how do you find bands to kind of like compliment your sound is it is it hard to do or is it just pretty much hey whoever wants to come along with us we're more than happy to have you come along um usually it's bands that we personally i i mean it's it's usually bands that we like we've played with before um just like-minded fucking rad-ass dudes that want to rad dudes that want to party yeah right 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 gotcha but we, we've also since we've been signed we've been kind of exploring different genres we've been 
yeah getting more into like you know kind of the jam grass bluegrass festivals and stuff and trying our you know kind of gauging a, a response to that and same with you know we're playing buddy roots this year in cookville tennessee and that's kind of a big mixed genre yeah. shit show so yeah we, we we really like to play with everything we can really at least give it a shot yeah gotcha the um so where so tennessee is that as far east as y'all are coming this year uh i don't want to say yes or no because honestly i have no idea okay. i'd assume that we're going gotcha. Gotcha. i'd assume that we're going further all right, but I have not heard any confirmation yet. Yeah, I'm always curious just because here in the Carolinas, every now and then we'll get people, you know, you, you're usually hitting like Charlotte or, or Raleigh, but every now and then Greenville and Charleston will pop up. And so whenever we can really promote that, we try to try to grab that. So I'll, I'll keep an eye out on your on your. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be list. there sooner or later. We got a kick ass booking, dude. Now, finally, so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of taking the taking the weight off my shoulders and I'm really using the opportunity to not book yeah you hold on to that guy like he's like he's your entire soul because every band i hear is like the one thing they're always wishing for is a different booking guy so that's that's awesome that you got a good one um yeah the uh you know there's whenever i'm talking to people that have been signed and that have made that leap uh not like you're sitting back and just uh you know uh sipping champagne when you wake up every, i mean or you may because you're you know big time rock stars but you still have to you still have the grind that's there you still have to go out there and keep yourself relevant create music and create your art and all that but there's always a question that comes up whenever i'm just talking to anybody else and they'll and they'll say you know what's it like when you're talking to musicians like is it was it do they miss the olden days and and, and you know i heard billy joel say one time somebody asked him <laughs> was it was it tougher to be a musician now that he's successful or when he was younger and he's like you know before i was just trying to find money how to to pay for a meal now it's like oh my god how do i pay all the millions on my taxes so it's not really the same thing but i'm curious when you were able to i don't want to say control the crowd but have more control over the crowd and more intimacy with the busking and you were able to jam and vibe off that are you still able to find that in moments when you're playing bigger stages or do you have to find those moments of kind of crafting and, and, and getting back to your roots and, and, and doing that somewhere else. Does it exist in both places? Yeah, absolutely. And when you're, when you're playing in front of 2000 people that have never heard you before and you can get them singing a new song, you know, along with you, then there's no feeling like that, Yeah. you know? So, I mean, there's, there's a reason you, people think like yeah once you're signed you make a million dollars it's like yeah yeah fucking right dude you we, we got to pay like five times more people yeah it used to be just right. being strong that's right yeah yeah so it's like, you're still drink- making that much more money we're just playing for bigger crowds yeah you know? it's, like, it's like it's like i still have to drink natty light i just can drink more of it that's all it is <laughs> right yeah yeah so, I mean, if it, if it wasn't fun, it wouldn't be worth it, you know? And yeah. I think, like, eventually you stick with it. Just like any profession or job, you work hard enough and keep going, you'll you'll make the money you need to, you know? But if it's not fun, it, it ain't worth it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got you. What, um, s- since you guys have been together, um, you know, it's it's funny. Your, your, your website's fantastic. I think your videos are hilarious. I love the artwork. 
Y'all got some of the best art. Um, I mean, just the, your your whole style that you have about you is is very, uh, really, really telling to to what you guys are like. And when it comes to like getting into all that stuff, you know, bands don't really think about that. Sometimes you just surround yourself with cool people that have all that. But let's talk specifically about the videos and stuff like that that's up on your website. Do those ideas come from y'all? Uh, is that a, a, a buddy of yours that's maybe a producer that says, hey, I've got this great idea for this video. Where, where does all that kind of stuff in, in, in that level of creativity come from? A lot. Well, so depending on the video, um, a lot of this shit, we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and make it up as we go. Like, uh <clears throat> We had the idea for, we were kind of on a budget for Love's Pilot, and we decided to do, after talking to the production team, like, let's just do it in one shot, you know, less editing, and we'll yeah. just organize it and just basically throw a big party. And we didn't even, you know, have no, like, choreography or anything until we got on set, and then just kind of made it up. Um, but then, like, uh, the Never Meant to Be, where we impersonated the other bands, that was actually an idea that spun off of, uh, kind of an idea that Amigo the Devil had because um, it was during the pandemic we couldn't really have extras come in to shoot. Oh, yeah. So the idea was we play, you know, multiple roles and <laughs> get all these costumes and stuff. And so it was, you know, kind of a collaboration with friends and then ourselves refining it and doing making it ours and doing what what we wanted to do with it. Speaking speaking of COVID, I, I have to go to that. You know, everybody was jumping to Facebook live shows. Uh, you know, people were trying to find different ways to put out new music, um, and and they were trying to you know still reach their fans. And everybody was kind of getting stir crazy. So you know, all the creative people were wanting to do something for some kind of outlet. Uh, for people that don't know, you guys got you guys went on tour in a school bus. Whose idea was that? How did y'all come up with that brilliant idea? uh honestly i was going stir crazy we like bailed to the mountains and we were sitting in this cabin like you know doing the freak out the world's yeah. ending kind of yeah like uh you know trying to collect firewood and shit like acting like we're <laughs> a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like man we got this short bus like because we did the live streams for a while and they were cool, but I was like, "Man, let's just fucking rig our PA up and and go go to town," you know. And the response was insane. It was absolutely unreal. Yeah, I think that's actually how. If if that wasn't the first time I saw the name of your band, I certainly saw it then, because that grabbed a lot of news and and what a really cool creative way. And I'm sure. Not only your fans loved it, but but everybody else that uh, that were able to take part in it because you know you guys weren't the only ones going stir crazy. I think it's pretty awesome that you guys were able to come up with that and do something cool like that. What you know? What is it that you when you look at this band and you look at how um, you've got that very really cool, gritty, unique, edgy kind of sound, um, and and you see where you are as this group and you see where you've been, and I, I it's. Yeah, not not crazy, not over the top, but I'm just curious. Where would you, if you let your, your dreams just kind of run here a little bit, a few years into the future, where would you like guys like to see yourselves as a band? I mean, I when I listen to you again, I I don't hear a lot of people like you, and I think it's really neat. And when when people come across that unique kind of sound, 
it's, it's always like one of those things that as long as you know bammers don't get mad at each other because they're all millionaires now that generally it usually catches fire and runs kind of wild you guys kind of feel that you have that kind of momentum now moving into you know out of the pandemic signing with somebody moving forward getting these dates kind of put together i'm you know your last tour from what it looks like was a really good one uh, do you see yourselves really kind of catching fire and moving forward somewhere i personally um i mean i know that we i know that we have momentum and i know that we're we are doing like hashtag bigger things um but it's it's hard to see how like how big of moves we're making because we're I mean, we're just, we're on the inside and we're doing what, we saw, what we've always been doing. Sure. You know, just fucking grinding and playing music. It's definitely like, if, if you sit down and take a look back, like, you know, two or three years ago, if someone was going to tell us that we'd be doing a whole tour, much less, like, not even touring with, but becoming, like, good friends with, like, the dudes in Dead South, like, I would have never believed it. Like, I'd be yeah. like, You're, there's no way. But now, like, stuff like that is you know playing with trampled by turtles that's like yeah again like that's insane right like yeah people like are like what the what the fuck you got how you know yeah and it's weird like in the inside it's like like yeah dude that's all it's all those were big announcements to us and then you do it and you're like oh man like we get along with these guys and like we're like doing it too you know they like mutually re mutually respect us like and and that that's like mind-blowing you know yeah Oh, that's awesome. And Amigo the Devil and Bridge City Centers watching all of our friends come up with us. Like it's it's rad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What um with the big with the shows you guys have got coming up, you've got the the Frozen Dead Guy Days, uh March seventeenth in SS Park. You're doing the Moonrunners Music Festival in Chicago and then the Backcountry Music Festival June third, which is my birthday, by the way, in Gardnersville, Nevada, which is nowhere near me uh, in South Carolina. But <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm seeing you guys for my birthday that day. What, um, when you look at the the tours uh, and you look at the shows, and you get to play with some of these big bands and stuff, not to single anybody out, but I'm curious, what was the one that was the biggest moment for each one of you, where you're like, holy crap, I'm playing this show or this festival or with this band? Where, where was that moment for you guys? You mean like through through history, like the whole yeah through history, yeah through any of it. One of the biggest moments for me, at least, we got we got on a bill, and we this, we were like probably the band is probably like six years old or something. We got on a bill with the nitty gritty or yeah nitty gritty. Oh my god, nitty gritty dirt band, yeah, dirt band, yeah, leftover salmon at the Broadmoor, yeah, and that that I feel like was way out of our league at the time, and we were like right in between them like our set was sandwiched right between leftover salmon and nitty gritty dirt band and so i mean that one was was rad <laughs> that's uh yeah that's a those are two great bands to play along with i can't imagine having y'all sandwiched in between those guys that must have been a heck of a show that's awesome yeah and then i don't know trampled by turtles like honestly that i've been looking up to that band for fucking over a decade now yeah so that was that was absolutely rad to be yeah. able to open for those dudes. Yeah, I I I love them. They've been through Charleston uh, a couple of times, and I, I really like them a lot. I I do think they probably have won the award for me for the best band name ever. I just absolutely love that name. Like whenever whenever people are sitting around talking about like really cool band names, it's like yeah, you're just gonna play second to that one. That's a that's a really cool one. Um, 
So you guys, you got you got the tour coming up. You are you've got those those festivals. Uh, you know that's what's on your website. Do y'all have a tour coming up this year? What what's the what's the latest for y'all? I know you said you're coming towards Tennessee. Is that is that a bunch of dates that are being strung together for a certain tour, or, or where are y'all looking at now as far as album releases or anything like that? So again, like I don't, we don't have anything announced quite yet, but I do know that all of those festivals we're gonna have to get there somehow. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so just connect the dots from Colorado, yeah. and, and that'll get me there. Yeah. All right. Well, the, so it looks like you're not gonna let me break any cool uh street corner thieves news but that's that's all right so if you are interested in learning more about these guys cornerthieves.com is the um is their website uh they've got all their shows uh tours a bunch of a bunch of uh, videos all really kind of cool stuff uh on here it's uh is that the best way easiest way for people to follow you guys is social media the better thing to do what what how, how should people follow you guys or catch up to you if they want to learn more about you Social media is good, but reach is always limited. Um, so, I mean, definitely follow us on socials. It doesn't cost you anything, and it's a good way to at least get notifications sometimes. But if you subscribe on our website, then that's a surefire way, because once you're getting our emails and you can see, like, you know, when a new single is coming out or a record or when our tours are announced, like, you'll be able to get it all that way for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Sean DeMario, Connor O'Neill from Tejan Street Corner Thieves. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Love your music. Hopefully, hopefully you'll come a little bit closer than Tennessee, but we might be able to make it out that way. Hopefully we'll get to see you guys uh, in person soon. But thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hell yeah, thanks for having us, Chad. Hell yeah, thanks, James. I want to thank uh, Connor and Sean for being on the uh, on the show. Great guys, and I really appreciate them taking some time out. By the way, the, the music, as we said before, at the top of the show is uh, Don Merkel's. I get asked every now and then why I don't play some of the band's music. It's not it's not the guy's fault. It's it's not my fault. Um, sometimes when you deal with people that have people. You you don't get the you don't get the permission to do that and and it's not their fault. Sometimes that's there's a lot of uh, legalities around that. Plus it it keeps the show from being uh, distributed in some places you want it to. So sometimes I would love love to showcase some people's work. Sometimes we do if they give me the go ahead on it, but sometimes we 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 just can't. So uh, if you want to listen to more of their music, Tehan Street Corner Thieves, you can you can find their music. They have a song called Whiskey that I really like and another one called 44 that I, I would say start with those two. Great songs, great music. And I really I really enjoyed their 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 story. We talked in, about it a little bit, um, but here are these two guys that were that were busking. I love that. I love I was having a conversation with our friend uh, Marlena the other day. He's one of my wife's uh, closest friends and uh, we were talking about how some things are different. Like, you know, there's mixologist and bartender. 
And there's a difference there. There is a difference there. She was she was like, yeah, you know, sometimes when I want a very intricate drink, if I, if I want it to be, you know, specially made, I want the mixologist. And I, and I get that. That's what people want. It's, I, I look for a bartender. If I'm going to sit there and talk about my problems, I want someone who just slings whiskey, right? That That's, that's what I want. Uh, busking is great. We used to call it panhandling. Uh, I don't know. Every region's got their own term for it. But, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of bands uh, that have started that way, uh, especially down in the Charleston area, those of you that remember the days when Jump Little Children used to play on the corner on Meeting Street. There's, there's always somebody like that. Uh, but it's neat to see a couple of guys that met doing that, perfecting their craft, but really getting away uh, from life for a little bit. Both of them losing their fathers at relatively the same time, finding each other and using beer and, and <laughs> admittedly drinking uh, to, to go out there and remember what life is all about. They've made, they've made one heck of a band out of it, and they're making a, a, certainly a really good career. I think that um, I think those guys are, are are a tale that needs to be told a little bit more, and I, I really appreciate them coming on. Hope you find them sometime in your area. I, I would I would recommend going and seeing them. They they are a fantastic fantastic band, and um, I wasn't I, I, I wasn't overdoing it. They're they're incredible musicians. You just you got to see them play. Anyway, want to thank those guys. Going back to what I was saying in the beginning, and, and thinking a little bit about how they got their start. It's funny how it can come from anywhere. In the book that I'm reading, um, A Life in Parts, by, by, by blah, I'm going to try that again, professional podcaster here, by Brian Cranston, um, there's a scene. He talks about how uh, when Larry David, who was uh, one of the head writers for the show, and Jerry Seinfeld, when they were when they were shooting, they were very serious. Uh, they 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 got stuff done really quick. They had their jokes. They knew what they wanted. They had their inner circle. Sometimes they would open it up to the outer circle. So there was a scene where Brian Cranston was standing uh, beside Jerry, who was in the dentist chair. He was obviously a little fearful for being there, and uh, he he had this uh, the the nitrous oxide gas and he was getting ready to put it on Jerry and they were they were kind of blocking and going through what they were supposed to do. Well Jerry and Larry David walked off to go do uh, another part and Brian Cranston being the ultra professional he he was knew he had about 30 minutes to an hour so he was going to spend it on that set. So as the dentist he was more comfortable with the set and everything that was going on. This is part of what Brian Cranston uh, is and, and the force that he is when it comes to his acting. So what happened, though, is one of the lighting guys was up there working. He's like, hey, you know what would be funny? And Brian, Brian just kind of looked around. He's like, are you talking to me? He's like, yeah, you know what would be funny is if you you took like a quick hit of the, the gas before you put it on Jerry. Brian thought it was brilliant. I mean, here, here's the role that he's supposed to play where he's supposed to be a little edgy. Jerry's not really quite sure what he thinks about this guy. And so he sat there and he thought about it, and he's like, uh, okay, maybe. But he, he knew how particular Larry and Jerry were. When they started to film and they wanted to get this spot done quick because they run a very tight ship, Brian was uh, he's a little unsure about doing it. 
they ran through it one time and it was okay. And, and then they go to do it again. And he, he decides to just jump off the cliff and he takes a hit real quick of the mask and then goes to put it on Jerry and both Jerry and Larry David absolutely lose it. They are dying laughing. They could not get it together for a couple of minutes. The way that Brian tells a story, that uh, it took them something like 20 takes. And the, and the only one they could use was the only one Jerry did not bust out laughing every time Brian just started to, to do that. And then what happened from there is Brian had a couple of recurring uh, roles as that dentist throughout the Seinfeld uh, legacy. You'll remember when all of a sudden he's got the the unseemly magazines. They're not quite sure what this guy's doing. And he kind of develops into a, an even shadier character. Yes, even preceding what happened to him on Breaking Bad. And what was, was amazing about that is it was that one joke. What was really cool about Brian Cranston, though, is... When everybody was kind of slapping him on the back and telling him what a great job he did, he did turn and look to the lighting guy and say, actually, the idea was all his. The lighting guy just kind of put his hands up, and then that was the end of it. I thought about that story for a, a day, maybe even a couple of days, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it off my mind. Why is the story hitting home to me? Why is it about the Tehan Street Corner Thieves and them starting out playing on a street corner, both consoling each other as they dealt with the death of a parent? Why did that grab me so quickly? It's just like every other story you hear when inspiration strikes, there's something about that that's that's brilliant. And I think the reason we gravitate towards those stories and we like them so much is because they're really not as rare as we think they are. It's just rare that we act upon them. Sometimes we push it off to the side and, and blow it off as it's it's really not that big of a deal. Or we let the flame of inspiration burn out a little bit to where the next day it doesn't seem as hot. And maybe it wasn't that great of an idea. Man, I am guilty of that one. I think too often we overlook where, where inspiration can come from. These, these stories prove to you that inspiration can come from anywhere. You see, inspiration is just an idea. It's a kick in the butt. It's a, it's a moment that you use as fuel to do something greater. And a lot of times we see that and it's around us. And maybe we don't have the right idea at the right time, or maybe we don't have all of these things in a row, or, or maybe, maybe it's just not as much fuel as we think we need, but really we're probably putting up obstacles when life is giving us a chance to make a change, a difference, whatever it is. I, I, as I've read these books, I've read, I've read uh, quite a few books lately. Um, three people that I actually really look up to is Brian Cranston uh, because of his, uh, his, his uh, hard work and his nose to the grindstone kind of approach to what he does as his craft. Uh, I, I also read Billy Crystal's 
uh, memoir because I love Billy Crystal and I think he's incredibly funny and has an incredibly um, blessed, lucky, interesting, fun life that he has a great story to tell. And then Steve Martin, who uh, is kind of a, a mixture of both of them, uh, hardworking, but brilliant in his ideas. And, and in all three of them, you hear, yeah, I, I should have done this or I failed there. But one of the things that you don't hear is inspiration struck and, and, and I did nothing with it. The opportunity was there, but I, I decided to let that one pass. When you hear about people that are successful, I saw somebody put up a, a poll the other day on the, the world's bathroom stall, also known as Twitter. And they put up a, a, a poll that says, what is the one thing that successful people have that the rest of us don't? And, and it was overwhelming, like in the 80%. People said, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that answer in a way. I think a lot of times you do get lucky. I think some people work extremely hard and some people just get more than somebody else. I think it depends on a lot of that depends on how much you want to put into it. A lot of it depends on what market you're in. And a lot of it depends on how marketable you are. Maybe you're just not as good as you think you are at something, but, but, but I do think luck can play a part. Here's what I, I, here's what I really know though. Luck doesn't matter if you're not doing something. No one's ever been successful by just being lucky and sitting on their butt. No one's ever been successful by being lucky to get the inspiration or the moments thrown at them and not act on them. No one has ever been successful doing that. Too many, too many times already this year. I, I, I've got, I've got a, I'm in the middle of a, of a very hard. It's not, it's not. It, I don't mean to make this sound like I'm I'm dealing with something awful, uh, but I have a self-imposed uh, test that I'm giving myself this whole year. We're in February. I've let some moments slide by. Some of them I've had to because of uh, preparation or where I've been, but some other ones I just I, I just haven't done it. And and I'm I'm really watching myself, and I'm starting to get. Uh, it kind of hit me the other day with my wife's help. I, I'm starting to kind of push myself a little bit more. Like, nah, you got to stop with the excuses. Inspirations hit. Follow it through. The next day, uh, it doesn't seem that great. You know what? Let that die down. Maybe in another day, you, you you feel big towards it again. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So let me, let me give you an example. If you were a musician. I've heard this from other musicians before. Uh, any musician you know that writes their own music, one of the things you don't know is they have tracks and tracks and tracks on like a voice recorder or notebook of all this music that they have not written all the way through. And whether it's because they have imposter syndrome or, you know, it's that whole thing that creativity, uh, the, the, the cycle of creativity where people start to doubt themselves. It, it's, it is a vicious thing to have to deal with. But some really good artists, and, and I've heard some painters do this too, but I, I'm not quite certain. Uh, we'll start working on a song and they'll really dig it. And then all of a sudden, if they start like not liking the song, they stop. And they go work on another song that feels more like they're feeling now. And when that one doesn't work, they stop. And then they go work on another one. And they eventually will come back around because they start liking this song over again. 
I think too many times we we give things a finite ending when they've just paused or in the ups and downs that go through any kind of process, whether it's creative or 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 energy driven, uh, there's there's your feelings will wax and wane about it. Sometimes you have to push through. You're an athlete, and it's a training day. I, I got to go out there and, and push through it. And then some days you're ready to kill it. And you know, even though you may have pushed hard yesterday when you didn't want to, when you got your mind right, you'll push even harder. It's the same kind of thing. I think too many times we take that whole thing about inspiration and we squash it way too fast. What What is it that you're sitting back waiting on today? What What is it that you feel like you feel inspired to do, but you're just not doing it yet? I want you to do me a favor. and I want you to do yourself a favor. Within the next few hours, and I mean it, like the next two hours after you you quit listening to this podcast, take one step towards whatever that is. Whether it's whether you have to pull the car over and write some notes down, whether you have to call somebody and, and, and get an idea started, whatever it is, quit waiting for inspiration to come back around again. Because I know tons of stories where it never did. Don't let yourself be that way. Inspiration can come from anywhere. Make sure you're noticing it. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.